on to the Everything is Black and White podcast. Newcastle United have just drawn nil-nil with Fulham here at St James Park in a game which I can only describe as woeful and one of the worst games I've ever had the uh, displeasure of watching, um, not just as a journalist, but as a, as a fan. I mean, joined here by Lee Ryder for the moment, our chief sports writer. Lee, uh, can you sum up what you saw? Yeah, I mean, it was excruciating at times. I mean, the the worst part about it is that you know, at St James's Park, you come here and you expect Newcastle to to give it a go. But from early in the game, it was pretty obvious that you know they were going to be cautious, they were going to sit back and settle for a point. I mean, it was five, a five man defence at one point. Um, I can see what the logic was. Obviously, they were trying to wait for that moment to expose Fulham on the break, but sadly, that moment didn't come and. Sometimes when you're waiting for things to happen, they just don't. Um, so you've got to actually make things happen by going forward and posing the question to Fulham. And you know, had Fulham gone one nil down or two nil down this game, they'd have been petrified uh, at St James Park. But sadly, that moment didn't arrive. Uh, Rondon was isolated. He was starved to service. Perez was really disappointing. Only one blocked shot. Uh, it was just. A backward step from last week winning one at Huddersfield. You expect them to come here and back it up with a win, uh, but they only take a point. What do you think it is? Because surely during the week when the players are in training, they're in this setup, but they will know about Fulham's poor defence. I mean, 42 goals conceded this season, hadn't kept a clean sheet for the whole of the season, and yet they've come to Newcastle, they've, they've barely been tested. In fact, they hadn't been tested because they didn't even get a shot and goal in Newcastle. I mean, what went wrong today? Well, as as I said, they just couldn't. Uh, they couldn't create. They didn't have a single shot on target. That that is an absolutely awful statistic to for any team to not have a shot on target at home against the team who are bottom of the league. I mean, let's not escape the facts here. You know, people say don't be too negative, but sometimes you have to look at it from a negative point of view. That is a poor result. Um, they should have <laughs> at least test the goalkeeper uh, you know he, he got the easiest clean sheet of his life really uh, and it just didn't improve as the game went on and the Newcastle almost did the best to lose it at the end um, you know Kamara had the chance when he went through Mitrovic could have had a couple it could have been even worse so you know at the end of the day you're almost you're not happy with the point but you accept the point because it could have been a, a nightmare result but you know, it's four points from the last two games and the quicker we move on from this one, um, that's the, the players, the manager and even the press and the fans, the quicker everyone moves on from this one, the better. But the next game is against Liverpool, which is always a difficult game. Definitely. Does it worry you, though, given that Key is supposedly the, the creative midfielder? He didn't have a very good game today, but there was no one on the bench to replace him. Uh, obviously, Shelby is out injured, you know, he might not even be back for the Liverpool game. Key flies out to meet up with the South Korean teammates tomorrow for the Asian Cup. You're left then with the possibility of Diarmi and Hayden in the middle, which is a very defensive partnership. Um, or throwing in a youngster like Sean Longstaff, who... I wouldn't put Longstaff in. No, that, that, I wouldn't have Hayden in because he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want to be at the football club. Uh, he wants to leave. But he can't go because they can't... They won't pay... To bring in another midfielder, so it's. But I would have someone like Sean Longstaff in because I know that if he's in, regardless how good Liverpool are, 
if he's in, you know you're going to get absolutely everything from him in the middle. Uh, it would be his Premier League debut. We've been pushing on about this for a while. Um, you've got absolutely nothing to lose by giving him a chance. Um, but maybe Rafa will be a bit more cautious than than me because he knows that with Key away, Shelby injured, and you know if it didn't work out for Longstaff, he'd then have to turn back to Hayden. Uh, who then might be disgruntled because he's obviously struggling to be here anyway. But in my personal opinion, Sean Longstaff should get his chance in the next couple of games. Defensively, Newcastle looked very nervous. Uh, Scher had a, an awful game compared to the games that he's had recently, passing all over the place. It was a bit like hot potato. Not one Newcastle United player really seemed like they could handle the ball. The short, simple passes that have really become ingrained um, you know, really integral as part of their success in recent weeks. They couldn't do that, let alone the killer ball. Uh, I mean, across the field, you know, the, the passing was a big issue today. Well, it was, but f- for all that, you know, Newcastle didn't, you know, until the last five minutes, they looked, you know, relatively comfortable at the back. Um, so it's hard to to hammer the defence too much because uh, they've walked away with a clean sheet. So. It's just that final third. I mean, I actually asked Rafa Benitez in the, in the press conference, I said, you know, about the possibility, surely now we need a striker because if Rondon's not delivering, if Perez isn't delivering, you need to turn behind on the bench and have someone you can throw on there who's who's going to be a threat. Uh, at times today, I mean, you're talking about the passing, but some of the balls to Rondon, you know, he's never going to catch them in a million years. He, he hasn't got the pace to do that. Some of the balls, you know... W- uh, Craig Bellamy at his pomp might have caught some of them, but you know it was just a bad day all round. Newcastle will reflect on this and think it's a point banked. Um, they're still five points above the relegation zone, so as the dust starts to settle, it's not the end of the world, but it's a really missed opportunity. And you heard the boos at the end as loud as anybody else did. Should Newcastle have had a penalty when Richie crossed in? Uh, sorry, I think it was Dummett crossed in for uh, Kennedy, and Kennedy went down just moments after coming on as a sub. Yeah, I, th- I suppose if Fulham had have conceded that, they'd have said it. It would have been soft. Uh, yeah, I've seen them given absolutely. Um, as I've said many times at St James Park, the big issue with referees is they don't want to look like they're caving into the crowd's demands. They get it drummed into them off of the referees, you know. Don't fall for the Geordies screaming for a penalty, all that kind of stuff. And that's part of it with the, the referees who've been here a bit longer. They they need to start judging the game by what happens rather than the noises in the crowd. Um, and, you know, I, I'll have to have another look at it, but eventually, um, you know, technically it, it, it could easily have been a penalty, but, you know... Who, who who would have stepped up and taken it on the day? You know, the way it was going, maybe it would have been a defeat. Um, so, really, just to sum up, could you give the fans a positive? Because it has been a very uh, depressing day yet in Jim's Park. But heading into a game against Liverpool, I mean, is there anything that you can take from this from this game today? I mean, the positive is clean sheet. Um, still a point banked where they haven't played well. Lascelles, I thought, grew in stature as the game went on. I thought, you know, he's too, he's block. I know some people might say we hit his elbow, but whatever, he got his body in the way. And that tackle on Kamara, I thought, you know, he was composed. It was hard for him coming in today because he knows he's got Fernandez breathing down his neck. So the positive is, is competition for places still bubbling away in, in, in most areas. 
they've got a point, they've got a clean sheet, they've taken four points out of the last six, they would have accepted that. Um, but if you put the result in context on its own, it's very disappointing to fail to have a shot on target against uh, the team at the bottom of the league. I know that was meant to be a positive end, but uh, I, I can't put it any other way. I can't put it a positive way because it was just such a disappointing, uh, disappointing evening. Joined here by Chris Woff to give his analysis of like what I say has been a pitiful day at St James's Park, Chris. Uh, Mark Douglas has also just sneaked in. He might hear the door creaking in just a moment. There we go. Um, gentlemen, we've just had Lee trying to uh, find some positives out of that performance. But Chris, I can tell by the look in your <laughs> your eyes here, um, it's, it's not easy to find a positive, is it? It's not. I mean, that was... Absolutely desperate in part. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat in any way, shape, or form. For the bottom of the table team to have come to Newcastle, having not kept a clean sheet all season, and for Newcastle to not even muster a shot on target, despite second half having the majority of the ball, is it. It, it really is a, a serious concern how bad the home form is. Because if you look at the fixtures they've got in the remainder of the season. Their record against the bottom seven, the rest of the bottom seven is very good, but actually they've got to face all of those teams other than Fulham now at, at St James's Park. They need to find a way to break down opposition teams, and, and they just can't do it as, as things stand. And it, they were directionless at times in the second half, and it was so frustrating because if they'd won that game, there would be a seven point gap to the bottom three, and, and suddenly look ahead of what is a very difficult run of games coming up. They'll be in a stronger position, and now you are. They are going to be looking over the shoulder in the next few weeks because you can't see them collecting that many points in the course of the next six weeks. I mean, it wasn't even a case that they failed with a final ball. It wasn't really the first ball in most instances. They were beaten to the ball quite often by Fulham, and you know, you you heard people saying, "Well, it's quite difficult to tell who the home side is here because Fulham, for the large parts, were the better side." Yeah, I think what I think what Fulham did did well was they cut out the supply line to Rondon. Newcastle were attempting, I think. For most of the part of the game, I think to get balls to the side, balls to the two wingers, and pl- try to play crosses into Rondon, which is which has worked for them at times at home. You know, obviously Rondon's had had a good good run of things, um, but I think you just saw today the limitations of the team really in that. You know, we we have to be honest. Rafa gets it right a lot, but he is also a very a manager who is has a very set plan for his players. Tells them to play a certain way, and when they don't when it's not coming off it's very difficult because the players aren't really you know the, the, he doesn't believe the players are good enough to be given the responsibility to go and try and win the game for themselves so they just keep trying to do the the plan that Rafa's put in place and it just wasn't working today and I think what was frustrating for me was that you know we didn't feel that Fulham were good enough defensively to play as they did today they didn't feel they're good enough to come and try and play for a point which is what they did and counter-attack Newcastle but that's the fourth or fifth time I think a team that's not that good has come and counter-attacked Newcastle at home. And I don't think Newcastle have won any of those games. I mean, the only two they've won at home are Watford and Bournemouth, where both of those teams obviously looked at Newcastle and thought, we can, give, we, can, we can really put the pressure on Newcastle here and, and went out on the front foot and Newcastle could cope with that because they played the same way that they do away from home in both of those games. But yeah, it's a big problem and, and I think the solution has to lie in the January transfer window for Newcastle because I don't think with this current set of players, with maybe the exception of John Joe Shelby, who is starting to look again like, oh, you know, well, maybe we need him back. Um, they haven't really got much in reserve that you feel could um, spring defences open. 
Now we're sat in a room here with pictures from you know some of the best games to played at to Jim's Park in the last kind of twenty years or so. I mean, you've got you know a uh, four-three victory against my night on the fifteenth of two thousand one. I mean, great atmosphere in most of these pictures on the wall. You know, Middlesbrough two-one here, uh, Leeds three-one. Today, the atmosphere was 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 dreadful, and it hasn't been brilliant throughout the season, but. Would you say today was was one of the worst you, you you you've seen it or heard it? It wasn't. It was very flat. But at the same time, I, how what can how, what can fans really get in terms of getting pumped up for these games? They've they've seen Newcastle nine times before today this season, lose seven of them and only win twice. Literally just. They're turning up out of loyalty. Well, I don't. I think. I think that you quite. You sometimes do get this pre-Christmas as well, though, that the atmospheres are, are slightly lower because people are focusing on other things, and it, it isn't necessarily uh, the same as it is sometimes as across the rest of the year. But yeah, I think to a certain degree. Uh, Newcastle fans at the moment need something to really pump them because they're coming to the games and they're not necessarily expecting that much of St James's and they've just got nothing to do. And it's strange that Newcastle historically, certainly over the last 30 years, have been so much stronger at St James's Park and it's usually their away form which has been appalling in, in certain seasons and yet this year it's the complete reverse and away from home they look so much more comfortable that they look like they know what they're meant to do they look like they know what the game plan is whereas at St James's Park as soon as a key team comes and sits off them they just look like they don't have the ideas to break them down I agree Mark they do need that attacking midfielder at least in January it would be ideal if they could get more than one uh, offensive player but they need someone because the creativity just isn't there and they are they're going to have to win games at St James's Park between now and the end of the season if they're going to survive but many people might argue that they've got someone on the bench in terms of Muto who could have come on today and maybe changed the game yeah, I don't know whether I don't know how fit he was. I don't know whether Rafa. I mean, again, you know, it's been a, it's been a familiar thing with Rafa, hasn't it? That substitutions have always been um, something that his critics at Newcastle have, have levelled against him. That really never looks to change the game too much too early. It's always about seventy minutes. It's it was a like for like substitution again today, and that's just that's just Rafa. That's obviously um, what he believes. I, I felt today that he was. I think that once they got past the sort of 50-60 minute mark I think he was thinking let's not lose this game because they lost the Wolves through a point you know through through points away they're, they're throwing points away this season at home they did it last season against Bournemouth and um, you know other, other games where I think Rafa just felt that they threw points away so I think today he was actually towards the end of the game I know he's just said in the press conference there he was trying to win the match but I think in the second half of the second half he was definitely starting to think Let's not lose this match. But sure, I mean, Fulham conceded four few goals this season. They are vulnerable defence, and Newcastle barely tested them. I mean, the crosses they did put in were over, over hit or blocked easily. No shots on goal. I mean, that you can paint it any way, but that just that's just not good enough. It's poor. It's poor. And I, and what I do think is that, that Newcastle didn't expect Fulham to, to set up like they did. I, I don't think that that was. I think Ranieri changed things around quite a lot from last week and, and it was a very kind of different performance from Fulham um, because they didn't look as if they were that interested in winning the game either. I know they did at the end, obviously they had a couple of chances, but they, they really didn't create much either. And it was really the onus was on Newcastle to do it, but I don't think they've got the players to do it. You know, I mean, we talk about Matt Ritchie, um, you know, he is a more of a creative player in some ways, but actually he's kind of been turned over the last year and a half into a hard-working midfielder. He's almost, playing def- he's almost playing as a wing-back every week at the moment. It's hard for him to, to, to sort of impose himself. Perez isn't, doesn't have that creativity where he's going to open a team and he's also told, I think, where to play. He's told the positions to be in. Rondon, 
I mean, he has been the difference the last few weeks. But where is the creativity there for Newcastle? Key is, I really like Key, but he's not He's not going to take a game by the scruff of its neck. The big disappointment for me is Kennedy. You know, last season he was a bit of a game changer. This season, I mean, what what is... He was awful last week. He came on this week and was pretty dreadful when he came on. Didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Um, massive disappointment for me in this second loan spot. I know he's had a couple of games where he's looked okay, but... Um, you know, from a position in the summer where I was like, sign him, it'll be a big statement of intent. Now I'm almost like, send him back in January and look and look to bring somebody else in alone because he doesn't look focused. Just to wrap this up, then in a word, Chris, uh, should Kennedy, Kennedy have a penalty? No, I don't. I don't think it was a penalty. And um, was uh, Mitrovic's effort on goal blocked by Lascelles' arm? I think it was, but I don't think it was a penalty because I think his arms were in front of his body and it would have hit his body anyway. So I don't think either were a penalty. I think they were both quite soft, really. Mark, you agree with that? Yeah, I think I think I'd see them given. I thought the handball, you know, maybe maybe if that was at Fulham, it might have been given because it was a bit fifty fifty. But um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I mean, you look at the the Kennedy one, and he went down, and and, and but when the ref. You kind of get the sense of what a ref's going to do, you know, and he just didn't look as if he was a ref who was going to give those kind of decisions. So, um, no, I, and I don't think Newcastle... I know Rafa mentioned it again today, and he has had some bad luck with refs the last few weeks, but I didn't feel the ref was, had a bad game today. I thought he was, he was all right. And just looking ahead quickly to Liverpool, because it's Christmas. Uh, they, Newcastle travelled down to Liverpool on Boxing Day. Chris, very happy about that. Um, so we'll not be having a full-on... Uh, preview of that game, but I mean Liverpool top of the league uh, players at the moment. Newcastle fans can only dream of having in their side. How do Newcastle? Um, how do Newcastle get a positive result against Liverpool? Well, I think it'll be a defensive performance. Look, that it's going to be very, very difficult for them. But to a certain degree, I was just about to say it's a free hit, but it's not because they can't go there and get hammered. But Nobody's expecting Newcastle to get anything there. They're going to go and they're going to be on the back foot for the vast majority of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacob Murphy comes from having not been in the match here squad today to start and because Rafa seems to like it because he doesn't have tactical responsibility then. He just is told to chase the ball when Newcastle are counter-attacking. Uh, it's going to be a five-man back line, if, if not more, really, and, and Newcastle are just going to sit off. They're not going to have Key, they're not going to have Shelby, so they're going to have very little creativity. It's going to be sit back and maybe we can stay in the game as long as possible and maybe catch something later on. So is it Hayden or possibly even Longstaff that comes in there and replaces Key? I'd be shocked if he gives Longstaff his Premier League debut at Anfield. I think it'll be Hayden who'll come back into the side. I think there will be a few changes. Newcastle have three games within seven days if he includes days so I think that there will be a few alterations there Fernandez will probably come back in and I think they need him because that back three doesn't function as well without him um, so I think there will be a few changes there but it, it's very much damage limitation for Newcastle if they can come away from that game 1-2-0 2-1 something like that then I think they've done pretty well as negative as that sounds there is just such a huge gap I suppose a mark some would argue Palace beat Manchester City today. Um, Palace have got good players though. That was going to be our point. Palace have got yeah. really good players compared to what maybe Newcastle have got. So that's not really something you can take into that game, I guess. No, I don't want to. Don't want to kind of plead poverty too much for Newcastle because it's not. It's not. It's not a dreadful squad. It just doesn't have the same. I mean, doesn't have the same players. Andros Townsend was a player that Rafa wanted this summer, desperate to get him in, and he's obviously done superbly today. I think you know. I watched the Liverpool game yesterday against Wolves and. It feels like they're playing a different sport at the moment than, than Newcastle and, and that's not meant to be 
too disrespectful to to Rafa and and, and the players, but you, you just feel like there's a league within a league, isn't there? Um, and and you know, I think there's a lot of teams struggling to match Liverpool's standard at the moment, and they're just so high. I mean, if they were struggling a little bit, you'd feel like you could get in there. I mean, it'd be a good time to play maybe play Man City because you'd be going there, and if you can if you can kind of frustrate the crowd for a bit, it gets harder and harder and players get more tense. But Liverpool are playing with so much confidence. They just look as if they can find a way to pick you off. So it's going to be really, really difficult, that one. Um, uh, but it's then the games after that, isn't it? Watford away. I know Chris was saying there, you know, can't see too many points from these next few games. But Newcastle actually, uh, you know, are doing okay in those kind of games. They, they went to Everton and got a point. So you'd you'd say... Anything if you get a point, if they can get a point from the next two, that's okay. And then hopefully try and get something from Manchester United at home. Although you know, I think they're winning at the moment against Cardiff. So the good thing is that those three teams at the bottom aren't picking up points. Huddersfield starting to look in desperate trouble. I know Southampton have picked up a little bit under the new manager, but the one thing you'd say is that you know, as long as you can keep Huddersfield, Cardiff, and one other, whoever that is beneath you then you're going to be okay and I think that's what Newcastle have to concentrate which is really depressing to be halfway through the season we knew it was going to be so I'm just making you keep your uh, hand out here but we knew it was going to be a battle of survival for for Newcastle this season and, and it's depressing and nothing will change unless something changes hopefully that'll be an owner, owner ownership change but you know if not then January has to be has to changes well, there you have it. Thank you very much for joining us. Just a word to remember to get your tickets for our live event on January 24th, All in Aid of the Food Bank. You can, head, you can find all the details on our social media channels. Um, and from myself and all the team, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. Look out for a few podcast specials over the next week. And, of course, um, all the live coverage of the Liverpool game on Boxing Day. Um, yeah, have a good Christmas.